0: So much of modern motherhood is spent wishing we were doing better, whether we're comparing ourselves to other moms or to the ideal mom we assumed we'd be before we had kids. But this wishing takes us further and further away from joy and it stops us from being the mom we want to be. I'm Rebecca Brownright and I'm here to help you focus on connection because connecting more deeply with yourself and with your kids will help you forget about mom comparisons. Connection will help you resolve behavior issues with your kids and connection will help you live a life full of real joy. Because that's what you and your kids deserve pause and connect with me for a moment to listen to discussions about connection and motherhood finding your purpose smashing cultural narratives and so much more this is pause and connect hello and welcome to pause and connect i'm rebecca brownwright and this is episode 15 seven unique questions to find your child's strengths. (laughs) That took me a few times to record because that's a little bit of a tongue twister. Seven unique questions to find your child's strengths. Okay, this is a good one. I'm really, really excited because this topic is so positive and it's also so insightful and helpful for us parents because when you know your child's strengths, you understand them better. You understand your kids better. And you also can guide your kids to use their strengths when you know what they are, and you can help them to live a happier life, knowing who they are and having confidence in their strengths to pull them through the hard times. And this is really great. You can even teach them how to minimize the effects of their weaknesses, because we all have weaknesses, as they work to make their strengths even stronger. So isn't that so exciting? (laughs) I think it is. So I have a worksheet for you to use with this episode. It's linked in the show notes. You can listen to the episode, then download the worksheet and fill it out for each of your kids, or you could pause right now, print out the worksheet, fill it out for each of your kids, whatever, whatever works for you. Uh, But when you're done, you're going to have a whole new outlook on your child, plus new tools that are customized to help you work with each individual child. You're going to make like a map of your own child, which is just so cool. So we'll go through the questions here and then um, you can answer as you're listening or, or after first question is, what comes easily to your child? Now we're going we're gonna to go a little bit deeper than that. So that's, that's not the only part of this question. And I'll explain what that means. But first, let's just get to the, that basic, easy level of that question. What comes easily to your child? So think of when you see your child just easily pick up a skill. Or they are, it's easy for them to do this chore or this task. Like what comes easy to them that maybe other kids take a little bit longer to learn, or maybe you have never learned very well and they just picked it up and it's amazing. You know, what, what kinds of things can they do like that? Think back to when they were small, even did they learn to read easily? Did they learn to play soccer easily when they, when they were four, were they the one who could keep control of the ball and all the other kids were just running around in a little pod, you know? Um did they learn the names of the dinosaurs easily, (laughs) you know, whatever it is, whatever they were drawn to and they seem to be able to pick up without too much trouble, write all of that down in the worksheet. Now this question matters because it shows you what your child is naturally drawn to their interests and what they're naturally good at. So if your child learned the names of the dinosaurs early, you can know a few things about them. It's not just that they learned the dinosaurs. Um, but you can. But what they what they were able to do was when they were interested in something, they learned something difficult. <laughs> because have you ever tried to learn the names of dinosaurs? I, I can't pronounce some of those. So kids who can learn that when they're interested in in a subject, they can learn something difficult. That's something that you know about. That um, you can know that they can sort and divide things into categories because dinosaurs exist in different categories, right? Which means that your child probably has some sort of internal organizational skills that that help them to make sense of things, um, you know, that they can memorize. So there's a lot of things. There's, there's probably a lot more that that talent or that skill can teach you about your child, but that's, that's a few ideas. Okay. Um, let's say you have a 15 year old who makes beautiful cakes, write that down. And then know that this matters, not just because your, your child can make beautiful cakes, but there's more to it. Your child is showing skill in visual arts in having a steady hand in planning and organizing, seeing the end from the beginning, or even improvising in concentration. Um, If your nine-year-old is a pro on the basketball court, write that down and then think deeper. That's what we're doing. That's the second part of this question. We're going to list all the things that that your child easily does, that you've seen them easily do. And then we're going to think a little bit deeper. So with the nine-year-old on the basketball court, what other skills are making up their ability to play basketball. Cause they're not just great basketball players. They have other things that make basketball come more easily to them. So maybe great eye hand coordination, teamwork, listening skills, as they hear the coach and follow her directions, energy, enthusiasm, other physical skills, other mental skills. There's a lot that goes into the skill of basketball. So after you list out all the things that come easily to your child and the little things too. Think of even the little, little things like, like dinosaur, knowing dinosaur names or, um, being able to stack blocks really high, you know, like just some things when you looked at them and you were like, that's interesting. They're doing that really well. Um, and then do what I just did and take those skills apart. What makes up that larger skill? So if your child's a, a piano player, what does it take for them to be a good piano player? Um, they, they have to have discipline and practice and an and intuition a little bit, probably um, good rhythm or uh, the ability to learn good rhythm, the ability to learn the skills. There's so much that goes into that. What about what, what makes up the larger skill of getting straight A's or talking easily to strangers or speaking in public or making friends easily, cooperating with the family, being a team player, learning long division, keeping a tidy room, comforting someone when they're sad. Um, being really good and intuitive with animals, doing a cartwheel, learning to dance, learning to draw, read, or write. These are just some ideas that you can be listing out in this and then take them apart because all of these skills have deeper skills built within them. And this is so helpful for you to know because then you can watch for those skills in other areas. You can help your child use those skills to help themselves in areas that are hard for them. So for example, if your child is really good at long division and they don't have a problem with that, but they struggle to write a paragraph, then you can analyze why your child understood the long division. You can think about what goes into that. Is it because numbers come easily to your child? Is it because your child is really good at following steps and the teacher explained those steps really well and it's visual and so they can see it? So then you can take that understanding over to the paragraph. And you can, you can use those same principles and help your child get better at writing paragraphs. So for example, you could uh, break the paragraph down into steps, just like long division has steps, you can number a page, and then teach your child what type of sentence goes at number one and number two. And that makes the writing more math like so those are that's just an example. Uh, How about let's say, Your child really struggles with physical sports and they're, they're hating PE. They're dreading going to PE because they, they just can't catch the ball and they can't pick up the, the, the rules of the game. And they're just so, they're just struggling so much. So what are their other skills? Let's say that they're really good at making friends. Okay. How can the skill of making friends help them be better at sports? Well, what does it take to be good at making friends? you need to understand rules of engagement, right? Um, You need to understand give and take, okay? So you can break down those social rules of engagement that your child naturally knows. And you can can say, look, like you, you are really good at making friends. Did you know that there are social rules and you just kind of know those rules? You didn't need anyone to teach them to you necessarily. You just know them. And did you also know that volleyball has these rules that you need to know if you're going to play it well? So you can then break it down and show them how it's similar. Um, Or maybe they struggle with the physical skills of the sport that they're learning in PE. So but remember, they are really good at friends, they're really good at making friends. Well, then you can you can Understand that they do well when they have people around them and you can invite people over to play that sport with them and help them learn it. Does that make sense? So this, this the idea is to see the obvious abilities that your child has and then break those down further to help you see the building blocks of those obvious strengths that your child has. And remember not every child is going to get good at everything. So, in those examples I just shared, if if your child struggles with writing a paragraph or with playing sports in PE, this doesn't mean that they're going to suddenly now that now that they understand that their other skills from other areas can apply to that that it doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to become perfect at paragraph writing or playing sports. But you can help those aspects of their life be more manageable and passable. you know. They could get the grades that they need to get at least, even if they never become a writer or a volleyball player. Does that make sense? But they can hone their other strengths in this area that's a weakness. When my nine-year-old was four or five, we went on a hike that was pretty tough. We didn't realize it was going to be that tough. And she was complaining about how hard it was and we totally understood. But then suddenly she just made this switch and she started running up the mountain and we couldn't even keep up with her. We didn't really know what had happened, but we concluded that she was a good hiker. That was the obvious thing in front of us, right? So that's what I'm talking about in this one. That was an obvious skill that she had that we saw. But there's a deeper skill there because she made a switch in her brain. She, she was hating what she was doing and then suddenly she was able to do it. So this, the deeper skill that was there is that she has determination and mental fortitude. Something in her brain helps her keep going when things are hard. And that's the skill that we can help her use in all areas of her life. So when piano is difficult and she doesn't want to learn a song, we can remind her that she has the strength of being determined or when she's fighting with a friend, we can remind her that her brain knows how to keep working at the problem until she figures it out because that's what she showed us on the hike. She's also a good hiker, but it's those other skills that build up the hiking. Does that make sense? I feel like I say that a lot. Does that make sense? You can't answer me, so I'll never know. Uh, Actually, you could tell me. You could send me a message on Instagram or send me an email. You could tell me if this makes sense. I would love to hear your feedback. Anyway, okay, that was a little sidetrack there. Let's get back to the next question, number two. It asks you to think about what your kids coaches and teachers and grandparents and friends and family members say about them. The question is what positive things do others say about your child? Because sometimes we need an outside perspective. Sometimes we're too close to see the full picture, right? So who out there is complimenting your child and what are they saying? Now do the same thing that you, with this question that you did with the last. So take each positive thing, list them out. Like your child is a good friend at school. Your child um, is a hard worker on the soccer team. Just take those things uh, and write them out and then take those apart and find the deeper strength that is within it, okay? So if your daughter's softball coach always is talking about how she's such an excellent hitter, well, it's not just that she's a good hitter. There's a lot that that it takes to be that good. And what are those things that it takes to be that good? there's determination, a commitment to practice, there's strength. There's a lot of things that go into being a good hitter on a softball team. If your son's kindergarten teacher says he's spirited, I put this one in there because sometimes the people in our in our children's lives are not saying the nicest things, right? So even take those things that are maybe not so nice and just decide it's a compliment and then and then take it apart and look at the strengths. And I'm going to talk about that in the next question too. But for the sake of this one, let's say your teacher says that he's, the teacher says that he's spirited. Well, he probably has a lot of energy. He's probably really fun. He knows what he wants and he knows how to get what he wants. So those are, those are the building blocks of that uh, characteristic of being spirited. And this leads me to that next question, which is, what does your child get in trouble for? And this is actually my favorite question of the whole worksheet. And if you only have time to answer one, make it this one. Because the thing that your child gets in trouble for is likely one of their greatest strengths. It's something that's just so strong, your child can't not do it, (laughs) which means that it's so natural to them. Even when they're getting in trouble, they still continue to do it, which means that this is something that their brain and body just wants to do. Now, the thing is they may not be using it in a way that's working as a strength right now, right? But that's why it's so important for you to recognize it now as a strength instead of a weakness, because if you flip your mind as, as your child's parent and you insist on seeing this trait as a strength instead of an annoying weakness, then you're gonna help your child reach their potential in amazing ways. So. Let me give some examples. Let's say that your child gets in trouble for talking in school all the time, okay? That's always on their report card. They're so chatty, they're not paying attention, they're so distracted because they're talking all the time. They never remember to raise their hand, they interrupt their friends and they're driving the teacher crazy. Sure, in this way, this feels like a weakness, right? But call it a strength and then you'll see it in a different light. So the strength here is your child has a lot to say and they're not afraid to say it. Isn't that wonderful? I think that's so incredible. Now, of course they need to learn how to hone that skill into socially appropriate ways of using it. But first seeing that this is a strength and not a weakness, is is just it just shifts everything and it makes everything so much more exciting, so much better, so much easier to handle. Okay. Uh, Another part of being somebody who talks all the time is um, they're good at expressing their thoughts. They might be friendly. They might have few inhibitions and all of this can be a strength if it's harnessed in the right way. If your child is taught that they have important things to contribute, if if they're chatty and this is celebrated as a strength, then they're going to want to be considerate in what they say and how they say it. They're going to want to learn how to use it better. If they're taught that they're friendly and warm and welcoming, and that's what their chattiness is, then they're going to want to continue to talk to friends and to be outgoing and to to be a friend to a lot of people. But if they're constantly shushed and told that this is interrupting and this is inappropriate, then they're going to begin to feel shame over this very natural tendency that they have. So they can be taught to rein it in for sure, but they should also learn to celebrate this natural gift. So take the time to think about the things that drive you crazy and that drive your child's teacher crazy. These are the things that your child is good at. Now, you might not want to write these down permanently um, because you don't really want your child to stumble on a long list of everything that drives you crazy about them. So maybe write it in a Google Doc or um, think it through and then just write the strength uh, that you've figured it out once you've flipped it or, um, I don't know, write it down and then rip it up. I, I don't know. Just don't, let, please don't let your kids get their hands on a document where you've written down all the things that you don't like about them, if that makes sense. Okay, but let's go back through some other examples to make this concept a little bit easier to understand and for you to start seeing it in, in your child. Okay, I'm going to give five examples And even if your child doesn't have any of these, I think by the end, you're going to really clearly see how to do this with whatever, whatever weaknesses your child has. Okay. So the five examples are your child is aggressive. That's one. They talk back. That's two. They argue. That's three. They get distracted. That's four. They're messy. That's five. Okay. How can each of these be flipped to a strength? So that first one, if they're aggressive, that might mean that they have really strong emotions or, and strong opinions. And that's actually a good thing. Having having strong opinions is a good thing. And if you view it this way, then you can teach them how to use it in a more appropriate way than being aggressive and and, and talking people down or, or calling them names and stuff. Instead, you can teach them how to negotiate, how to speak speak with tact, how to learn to listen to other people's opinions and to let them inform their own opinions. Um, and it's gonna be a long process, right? Um, but, but if you keep thinking that aggressive is bad, you're, you're never gonna teach these skills to your child and your child probably is gonna, it's gonna be really hard for them to learn them because they're gonna be always feeling this shame for their aggression. And so they're not gonna be able to pull it out as a strength. Okay, if your child talks back to you, how is that positive? Well, your child's a quick thinker <laughs> and, and maybe they're witty, you know, cause if they, if they talk back, they're probably being sarcastic. Um, maybe, maybe they're being, they're, they're saying things that are just cutting you like a knife. Uh, and that's terrible to feel, but they're witty, right? So that's, that's a positive. They also know how to stand up for themselves, right? If your child talks back, they know how to do that. And so those are some, that's, those are some, ways to flip it. And then again, once you've flipped it, you can do so much more with it. You don't have to worry about getting it out of them. You can embrace it. And then with that embracing, you can help them hone it and turn it into such a good skill. And you can see them in a better light too, which is so helpful as parents, because I know when I see my kids for their weaknesses, it it typically makes me treat them um, in more negative ways. So when I see them for their strengths, I'm going to treat them better. I'm going to be more patient and all of that. Okay, uh, another one of those five ideas. If they're if they're always arguing with you, they're argumentative. That might mean that they have a logical mind, and that's really cool. It might mean that they have skills of persuasion. They can learn to stand up for other people. They can be advocates. They can see what's wrong with a situation and work to make it right. And that's something that's really great. Not everybody has that skill. A lot of a lot of us look around and things just seem fine, right? And we're fine with things. But the people who know how to argue are the people who are saying, no, 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 there's something wrong here and we're going to make it better. And when they, when a, when a child grows up knowing that this is a strength, they know how to use it in a way that benefits other people and benefits themselves. Okay, another weakness, if they get distracted, well, that might mean that they have an imaginative mind. They might be creative. They might be someone who who takes their time to come to an opinion. And that can be a good thing too, because they, they think things over. They let it marinate. They let it sit for a long time. And then when they come out with their opinion and their thoughts, it's more put together. So that that's just one way to flip that that negative of, of a child who gets distracted. There's more. All of these there's more. And and as you're thinking about these with your child, you're gonna think of more things than what I'm saying. Okay. Final one uh, example for this one, if they're messy, if your child's messy, well, they might be creative. Um, They might care more about things. I mean, sorry, about thoughts or feelings or people than about tangible items. And that's pretty cool, right? They might be unfussy, like they don't need a lot to be impressed. They might be comfortable in lots of environments. They might be able to go into another messy house and feel just fine there and focus on the person who's there instead of, feeling uncomfortable in the mess. So those are all really, really positive things. Okay, so hopefully that was clear. And hopefully that that helps you as you're thinking about your child and the thing that drives you crazy about them, there is a way for that thing to be a positive, to be a positive in their life, for you to see it as a positive, and for this to be something that can guide you and, and help you bring out in your child. All right, number four. My next question is: What chores are your kids good at, or what chores do they tolerate better than others? This can be really, really insightful into how your child works and where their strengths are. Because when you take apart the chore and you see what goes into the chore, just like we took apart the those um, surface talents, those those obvious talents, we took them apart and saw what built what the building blocks were of that. Take a chore that your child tolerates or does well apart and look at the building blocks of that and you're going to see some really cool strengths that your child has really cool ways that your child works so an example of this one of my kid loves to do the trash well I shouldn't say she loves it more like tolerates it better than the other um she'll trade with her siblings for that chore like if if she has dishes one night she's going to trade for the trash or she's going to try to trade for the trash cuz she hates the dishes now, I'm not exactly sure why she loves it, and I asked her and she couldn't tell me why either, but when I examined the, sh- the chore itself and broke it down, I learned some things, and I suspect this is why my child likes this chore, and I learned these things about her as I did this. So let me give you the example there. I realized that taking out the trash is really clear. You empty each trash can into the larger trash can, then you take it outside, then you replace the bag and you're done. And so this child tends to get overwhelmed with lots of details or messes. And so I think that might be why the chore appeals to them. So that's really good for me to know. My child has a strength of following clear processes. Does that make sense? So my child also likes to put music in her ears when she listens, when she does the trash. So by observing that, I've learned that music is motivating to her, which is really great to know. And then I also think there's something about being able to move around the house that feels freeing to this child, where the dishes instead feel like a trap. You're stuck in the kitchen, trying to make the kitchen look better. And the dishes are are the trash. You get to go all the way around the house and collect all the trash. So this is so helpful, pulling that apart, because now I understand my child works well with movement, with freedom, with music, with clear instructions. Those are my child's strengths. And that's really, really helpful. For myself, I personally like the laundry. Um, I like that it happens in bursts throughout the day. Like you can, you don't have to, I know this is this is something that people would hate about the laundry, that it takes all day long or, or a few days long, um, but I like that because I don't want to sit there and do it all day long. So you move one pile here, another pile there, and by the end of the day, it's all done. I mean, I work from home, so I say it by the end of the day because I do it in, on breaks. I go and I move the laundry on breaks. Works for me. I know this is like the most hated job of everybody else. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit different there, but I also like that laundry has really clear directions. You know, you gather, you wash, you dry, you fold, you put away. And I, I like that because it's, it's just, again, kind of like my, my child, like, it's like you follow step by step by step, and then you have an end product, clean clothes that are folded and, and put back. Um, and then I also like letting my mind wander when, when I fold. So that's, I can determine from that that one of my strengths is working alone and having my hands be busy so that my thoughts can be free, right? So there's a lot I can learn about myself from that. You can also learn a lot from what your what chores your child hates. Okay, so like I said, my, my daughter hates doing the dishes and I think it's because it's overwhelming and it's not clear what to do first. It's not clear... Um, how to get this mess. And the mess just looks so overwhelming too. It is not clear how to make that mess go away. I personally hate dusting. I think this is because I get overwhelmed by the extra things that have accumulated around the house. You know, like if I'm dusting the piano and there's somebody's homework on top of it I've got to figure out where to put the homework away and that overwhelms me okay so that tells me I like linear tasks I like the laundry because it's all contained in this one area and you do this 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 and this and then it's done I don't like tasks that are more ambiguous where you have to figure things out as you're going like where do I put this piece of homework away as I'm dusting Uh, so that's so as you're analyzing that, analyze it for yourself too, because it tells a lot about yourself. Um, but you can learn so much about strengths and weaknesses by the chores that your your children gravitate to. One of my children hates tidying, hates it. It's overwhelming. It's difficult to know where to start. But another one loves it when they get tidying as their chore because they can they have this mind that lets them look around the room scanning the room and clearly see what needs to be done and then they get to work like a whirlwind and they're done so see how analyzing the chores helps to break down those strengths and weaknesses this is so helpful in understanding your child because you can apply those observations to other areas of your child's life so if your child is struggling to turn in homework you can remind them that they like when things are arranged in a linear fashion If that's what you figured out from the chores and then you can help them get their homework lined up in a linear way or you can look for activities that allow them to think linearly like maybe track or swimming, for example, and then they can learn to apply that strength to other activities. So it's just really helpful to know these kind of secret things about ourselves and about our children. These aren't things that we necessarily analyze on the regular. So this is a really helpful question. Okay, number five. How does your child play and what do they play? And if they're older and they don't play as much anymore, think about the board games that they like or the leisure activities that they gravitate to or also what they used to play when they were little because that still is really helpful in understanding them now. So, you know, some kids are drawn to engineering activities like building with Legos or blocks. Some kids prefer more imaginative games. Some are drawn to games where they dress up. Some want to sit in one place to play with toys or draw or whatever, there's lots and lots of ways. So just think how your child plays or how they used to play, what they like to do, and then do the same thing we've been doing all episode. Pull it apart. What is involved in building with Legos or blocks? Well, being able to see the end from the beginning or being able to improvise when something doesn't work out and you have to change the, change the block to something else. Or maybe being able to experiment and learn for the next time Uh, creativity imagination maybe linear thinking is here first you do this then that or maybe your child plays with blocks in a completely non-linear way and that tells you something too what's involved with imaginative dress up there's creativity people skills observation skills they're probably imitating things that they've seen out in the world or in their home and bringing that into their place so they're good observers They might have empathy and compassion, imitation, all of that. Knowing your child has these deeper skills can help you see them more completely. And it can help you have insight into how to help them be stronger in all those other areas of their life. Such a cool thing. All right, number six, what does your child do when they're bored? Now this might seem to go along with the play question, but it's it's a little bit different. Think about what it takes for your child to get bored. That's a really helpful question. Are they bored when they can't go outside? That tells you a lot about themselves. Are they bored when there's no friends around? That tells you a lot. Are they bored when there's no toys? That tells you a lot. I are they bored when there's no screens? I think every single parent could say, yes, my child is bored when they're bored when there's no screens. So try and step outside of that and think more like, no, my, my kid is really, really bored when there's no toys. They love to play with toys in their hands or my kid is really, really bored when there's no friends at home and that is just so boring for them because that teaches you some things that teaches you the one with toys. Maybe they have a good imagination or maybe they really like to, um, they they have good eye hand coordination or they, they really like to manipulate things with their hands. The, The child who gets so bored when there's no friends, like they're a social person that tells you they have a strength there. So really helpful to know. Um, okay, and then what do they do to get out of their boredom? How do they solve it? When when you don't step in and they just have to fix it themselves, how do they solve their boredom? Do they go find a friend? Do they do artwork? Do they read a book? Do they follow you around and whine? Because even that tells you something. It tells you that they likely prefer to interact with people. And as frustrating as it is, <laughs> you've learned something about their strengths when you consider what, my, what your kid does to get out, of, get out of being bored. You know, if your child likes to build things, like maybe they build a fort when they're bored, that shows you that they have creativity, engineering skills, initiative, probably a lot more. Now, of course, kids are really varied and it's not like every time they're bored, they go and they build a fort. And so now you know that they like engineering. Like that's, that's not, we have to do a little bit deeper detective work here. So your child might do a variety of things when they're bored. But you can probably kind of see a pattern like, yeah, they tend to, they tend to go outside and do something outside when they're bored, or they, they tend to get really active, or they tend to get really still. You know, whatever it is, there's probably something that they tend to lean towards more often than not, or, or maybe a few things that they tend to lean, lean towards, and those can tell you a lot about them. So think about the two parts of this question. What makes them bored? Because that tells you what they feel they need to be happy. When that thing is taken away, they're not happy. And that that tells you a lot about them. And then what do they do to get out of their boredom? Because that tells you what they prefer to do. And that likely is based on their strengths. That's where they're going on their own. So that's probably one of their strengths. Okay, number seven. This next question is a good one. What makes your child mad? This reveals their strengths big time, (laughs) but it might be hard to see that because typically when they're mad, they're not pleasant to be around, of course, but this can tell you so much. Do they get mad when someone ignores them? Well, that might mean that they have a need to be understood, which could mean that they have a strength of communication and it's frustrating when their strength isn't working out. It could also mean that they don't have a a strength of communication and that's something really difficult, but what's, what's the opposite of that? What, when they don't have a strength of communication, what did they use to get their point across? And that will, that will help you find their strength there. Okay. uh, Some examples, do they get mad when they're limited in what they can do? Like maybe you won't let them walk to their friend's house. That can show you that they like to be in charge of their own time and their own decisions. They might be an independent person. Now, of course, some of this is developmental and it makes sense at certain times of their life, you know, so like a teenager is probably always going to feel frustrated if they, if they can't have autonomy and independence, right? But if your child from the time that they were three was always so mad because you wouldn't let them walk to their friend's house alone, that's probably telling you that they have an independent streak streak and that's one of their strengths. So don't just think of what your child is mad about now because it might be developmental, but think about the thing that has always made them mad and continues to make them mad. And maybe it's enhancing as they're getting older and getting to those developmental stages, but it's something that's kind of always been making them mad. Now, this, this next kind of uh, subset of this question is also really helpful. Think about what makes your child mad or sad about the world. What, what outside your house and doesn't pertain to them is making them mad or sad. And if you don't know, ask them. This is a really good question because maybe, maybe they haven't even thought of it. And it's, that could spark some really positive discussions about what, what they can see needs to be changed in the world and how they can do it. So maybe your child, whenever, whenever you drive downtown, they see um, homeless encampments and they commented on it every time and they just are so sad about that or they're mad that nobody's helping them. You know, that's, that tells you a strength that your child has, that they, they can notice people, that they have empathy, that they, they can see solutions. Maybe your child is mad that racism exists. Maybe they're mad that animals are abused. All of this will tell you what interests your child and it will give you insight into their strengths. Because not every kid notices every single injustice in the world. Not every kid is gonna notice or get mad that animals get hurt by humans, right? But some kids are going to hone in on that, and that's telling you that that's one of the, your kid's strengths. Animals are your child's strengths, or caring for, for um, things that are less uh, that things that are vulnerable um, is is one of your child's strengths. That's that tells you something. A kid who notices that might have a passion for animals, and that's a strength. Not every kid recognizes uh racism. And so that's a strength if your child is one who's who's getting so mad about it. They're hearing they're hearing comments and they're saying why is somebody saying that? That's a strength that they can see that right there. Not every kid picks up on sexism, but a kid who does notice it and get mad about it is someone with a passion for for social justice, for gender justice, for all of that. So Knowing that you can encourage your child to speak up or do something about it, you can you can really help them hone that passion or that interest and and use their strengths to help with that. Think a lot on this one because the things that make our kids mad, we tend to dismiss those things. So if it's something that's in our house, in our family that makes them mad, we tend to get upset with that, you know, like you should just stop feeling that way. You know, we might, we might say something like that. Um, if we, if, if they get mad about the animals that are hurt in oil spills out there in the world, we might think that that's really sweet and kind, but we might not, um, really go anywhere with it because it's, it's just sweet and kind that they do that. So That's why I'm saying think a lot on this one and pay attention to it because these are their strong emotions. And since they're strong, these emotions are revealing huge aspects and huge strengths of your child. Okay, that's the last question. So now go and print out the worksheet and fill out all the things that have been running through your mind as you've been listening. Think about how you can see your child's strengths more clearly. Think about how the things that seem like weaknesses can actually be strengths. I hope you find this to be insightful for you and your child. Um, I I just want to tell you, when, when my oldest was young and was defiant, I could not see beyond my own nose because of that defiance. I was so furious and frustrated about how difficult that behavior was. But when I finally started to switch that and to see her defiance was actually strong character, was actually somebody who wants things to be fair, was actually somebody who has a need to express themselves, that really changed my parenting for that child. I was able to let go of my frustrations and I was able to recognize that she wasn't trying to make my life miserable. She was trying to use her strengths. And at that time, because she was young, they just weren't coming out in a way that I could personally tolerate yet. But when I decided to see them as strengths, guess what? They were tolerable. I could totally tolerate them and embrace these parts of her. It didn't have to be a battle anymore. So I'm really hoping that this exercise helps you with the same types of challenges. I know that we all have battles with like specific battles with specific kids. You know, there's always like that trigger that is just going to make things difficult with personalities clashing with certain kids. But knowing that their weaknesses are their strengths, knowing that the things that make them mad are their strengths, knowing all of these things can really, really help us see their strengths instead of, instead of uh, you know, like feeling that, like I'm just, I'm just trying to think back to how I would feel that tightness in my chest and my head would start to kind of pound because I was just so upset and my hands would clench. I was so upset about that defiance. But then recognizing that it wasn't defiance it was, it was a child expressing themselves and all of those other things. It was just so much easier to embrace that and to feel good about that part of my child. So, and I hope that this is fun too. These questions are really fun to think about. And it's so fun to see our kids in a positive light because they're really fantastic tr- children. We all know that, right? There are kids. They're the best kids out there. And it's so fun to see them shine And these questions are gonna help you see your child shine so much more. So let me know if you enjoy this. Leave a five-star review, take a screenshot, share it with your friends on social media, tag me so I can see what you thought. Whatever, send me an email. Just let me know how this works out for you. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for pausing and connecting with me today. Your support seriously means the world to me. If you found this episode helpful, I want you to know I have countless other resources for you to find more connection in your motherhood and life. Head to my website, rebeccabrownwright.com to check out my blog, check out my back and forth journal for parents and kids, and take a look at Pause and Connect Academy, where you can find courses to help you stop yelling, find your strengths, and finally get your kids to listen to you. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a positive review, sharing it on social media, or sharing with your friends. I love you and I want you to thrive in your motherhood and life. Thank you for being here. Now go forth and connect.